Amin, Amin. Ya Rabbil Alamin, Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh. Recently, I was traveling in the East, and I saw a young couple who I knew, and I'd seen them again. I was actually at their marriage, and about five years had passed since their marriage. And I looked at them, and it was evident to me they were a real couple. Uh, this was not people who were just uh, hanging out together. These were people who were truly married to each other. And I said that to the young lady. I said, it's so good that you've become a real couple. And her response to me was, it's because of the way you see. Your eyes make it that way. And I thought, what a polite response. When, when, when you're given a compliment, you give a compliment back to, to, to show that the one who, who gave you uh, the compliment should be complimented for the way they see things. And that brought to mind how our sheikh saw us and how our teacher looked at us and how our bawa perceived us. He, when we walked in the room, saw us as jeweled lights. He saw us at our highest possibility. He saw us as the penultimate of that which we could be. And by doing that, he changed our behavior, he created an atmosphere within that room that was extraordinary, and he began to teach us how to look at each other. Of course, many of us are slow learners, <laughs> but he began to teach us how to look at each other. And what's the point? The point is that the fish swims in the ocean and says, where's the water? We walk around and we say, where is Allah? And if we understood how to see, then we would be constantly in awe of that which we see. Uh, Ibn Arabi said, the world is a translator for Allah. He shows us Allah. And we all know, whether we accept it or not, is another story, but we all know that within each of us is the breath of Allah. He put that breath in us. Now, when we look at each other, what do we see? Do we see separations? Or do we see the breath of Allah? Can we look at others the way that Bawa looked at us? And if we can do that, how's that going to change our lives? How's that going to change the surroundings around us? How's that going to change our influence on people? How's that going to change the influence of other people on us? How is that going to change our interactions in this world? How's it going to change our mood? How's it going to change our state of being? 
Well, what happened when we walked into Bauer's room? Our state rose. Why? Because of the way he looked at us and because of what happens when a man looks at you that way and what happens to the man who looks that way. Bauer had a certain way of looking at us, but he only had that because of who he was. If you're not that state, you can't look that way. You can't see that way. So if you begin by understanding what it is you're actually seeing and incorporate that into your being, you change. And you change dramatically. All of a sudden, the things that separate people disappear from you. And the one without separations is the one who is closer to Allah. That which separates me from you separates me from Allah. And if I don't have separations from my fellow beings, my separations from Allah grow smaller and smaller and smaller. And then I don't have to ask, where is Allah? It's evident. It's evident in everything that I see. It's evident in the eyes that I look at. It's evident in the blades of grass that are in the garden next door. It's evident because we've opened our eyes in a new way. And reality can only come to us if we open our eyes. You can't see if you're blind. And just because we have the ability to visualize things doesn't mean that we see. Doesn't mean that we see reality. It just means that we're able to discern colors and shapes. Now, discerning colors and shapes is one level of vision. But we need to get to another level of vision. And this is when we actually make an effort to go towards reality. Most people's effort stops at being part of their culture. They want to be accepted within that which is preached as the normative. And they aren't looking for that extra step. So even though the, the texts of a society may be lofty, even though the scriptures of a society may be profound and talk about love, if the people don't carry love, the scriptures are nothing more than props in their lives. And in many areas of the world, these props are treated with great reference. And stage sets are created where these props are given tremendous respect. And the people who carry these props with them are given tremendous respect. But nothing goes on there. There's no heart there. There's no love there. There are no eyes there. And the culture becomes stage assembly, setting up scenes, making believe 
that they're doing something, but nothing's happening. There has to be a real connection. And that connection only truly occurs when your heart feels the pain of the ones around you, feels the happiness of the ones around you, feels the state of the ones around you, and feels Allah in the ones around you. If that doesn't happen, if the culture is cold, if the culture is harsh, if the culture pushes people or demonizes certain people or says we're better than them, they don't belong with us, we are the most and the best, this is a culture you need to run away from. This is a place where lies are told. Because the point of this culture, no matter what their props are, and no matter what they say, no matter what they tell you, no matter what they list as their beliefs, this is a culture of separation. And separation is not the work of Allah. Unity is the work of Allah. And we need to make that our work. The point is, what is the nature of our intention? What is it that we want to accomplish in this existence? What is it that we want to accomplish in this life? Where is it that we want this period of time we've been given to take us? What are we going to do with this period of time we've been given? What's the purpose of it? Have we asked ourselves where we're going? Have we asked ourselves where we want to go? Have we set intention? Now, intention is a first step. But to go a mile, you have to take more than one step. And many people live as if they were satisfied with intention, as if intention was sufficient for them without action. This is a trick of the mind, and this is a tool of Satan. The mind cannot differentiate the past and the future. So for some people, once they believe, and they truly believe, that they intend to do something, the actual doing becomes secondary. Well, the actual doing is the, greater, the greatest part of intention. And if you don't manifest that intention into action, you're not much different than you were before you realized that you needed to intend something new because you haven't taken the step. If you intend to lose weight and you constantly tell yourself you're going to start tomorrow, you're not going to lose any weight. If you intend to exercise and you constantly tell yourself you're going to start tomorrow, you're not going to get in better shape. If you tell yourself, I have decided I'm going to be nicer to my wife tomorrow, your wife is still going to be bearing the idiocy of your actions. Likewise with women, by the way.
<laughs> so we need to understand that it, if, if it's our intention to be kind, we have to be kind. And we have to watch our actions. We have to become an integral part of the culmination of our intention. We have to become an integral part of the acting out of our intention. So, all these stage sets that we've set with holy things and holy texts, they have to become the background for our life, not the forefront for our life. The peacock has a big front, but no back. Who are we? Do we have a big front and no action? Is our life totally about words? Because words are very easy. Words can flow like rivers. If you go to a library, <clears throat> you'll find millions and millions of books. Likewise with religious libraries, you'll find millions and millions of books. The first rule is la ilaha illallah. I do not exist. Only Allah exists. Since man did not understand the meaning of that, they've written thousands of pages in millions of books to try to explain what it is that they can't understand. So there's no end to reading about it. There's no end to thinking about it. There's no end to discoursing about it. There's no end to having discussions about it. There's no end to talking about it. There's only a conclusion if you begin the journey with more than intention. The actual action has to be activated and you have to put into your life the things you read about, the things you think about, and the things that the Sheikh has shown you. When I first met Bawa, this is on 46th Street, which was a, a small house that was about 20 feet wide and three stories in between other houses. You probably call it a townhouse. In Philadelphia, we call it a row house. And uh, he looked at me and he said, stop reading. Don't read any more books, not even mine. You have me now. What do you need to read? And the point was, you could read Bauer in person, in the flesh. And we need to begin to understand how to do that, how to emulate that which we see, how to become that which we look at. He said, be me. Be me. Be like me. Become me. So what we need to do is not gain knowledge in, in the sense that we memorize and read lots of books. What we need to do is change states. We all know when we're angry. We all know what it's like to be angry. Well, what's it like after we're angry? Well, it's different than when we were angry. What's it like when, we're, we're, when we have a grudge against somebody and then we find out that we were mistaken? Well, it's different than it was when we held that other attitude. Now, 
The interesting thing is, when people hold these attitudes towards other people, they somehow think that it's harming the other person, or they're doing something against the other person. The truth is, it's harming ourselves. It's like carrying acid that you want to use against somebody else, but you're carrying it in your stomach. Well, that doesn't take a lot of brains to figure out what it's going to do. It's going to burn a hole in your stomach. And whenever we carry any of these, any of these attitudes about other people, we become the carriers of those attitudes. And those attitudes infect us. But if we love other people, then we carry that love in us. And it infects us. And we become that love. We are what we carry. We are what we carry. And we are what we do. We are not some kind of imaginary creature who can imagine our existence and make believe that we're in a state that doesn't exist. The mind is powerful enough to make us believe that. The mind is powerful enough to make us believe that we're kind and virtuous and good when we're not. The mind is powerful enough to excuse any of our acts. The mind is powerful enough to cloud the real world and create an illusion for us. Well, we have to know that. We have to know the power that the mind has and that the mind clouds the truth. We need to go from the mind to the heart. We have to stop thinking and start feeling. But not in the sense of emotions that go like this. In the sense of love that has no contingencies. In the sense of love that has no expectations. In the sense of love that loves for the sake of Allah and loves for the sake of Allah's creations. We need to be able to understand how to do this. We need to understand how We need to understand how to do this, how to become this, how to make this our existence. We need to be able to do this. If we can't do this, then we need to begin to try. And how do you try to do this? Well, you find somebody who's an example of the qualities that you want to become. The, the dervishes used to say, I came to the master to see how he put his shoes on. I came to the master to see how he put his shirt on. I came to the master to see how he took his morning walk. A true being exemplifies in their every movement the love of Allah. A true being, an insan, Kamal, one who has understood reality, exemplifies in their manner, in the way they sit, in the way they look at you, in the words that come from their mouth, in the tone of their voice, what you need to know. Resonance comes 
with the words that come from somebody who's a true master. And resonance is what changes us. It's not the words themselves. It's the feeling that the words convey. And when you catch that feeling, when you catch that resonance, when you catch the resonance of reality, it's like a tuning fork that will tune you. And we all need to be tuned to that tuning fork. We all need to be tuned to that vibration. We all need to be tuned to that intention which then goes forward and acts. So we have to resolve which way our life is going. We have to make those decisions on our behalf. Nobody else is going to make them for us. And then we have to begin to act on them. So may Allah help each of us uh, be able to recognize that which needs to be done. May he help us set the appropriate intention and then may he guide us to put that intention into action so that our life is lived in reality. Amin, amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.